All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix with player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slash. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at mike underscore curland. And tonight we have George and Zach. Gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the show. Almost forgot. You can follow George on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino and Zach at Braff Z. Now you may talk, gentlemen. What's going on, guys? What's <laughs> up, man? Three of us back together again. It's been a while. I think we all kind of got sick, right? I mean, I, I got the flu. You got the flu. Everybody's got the flu is going around everywhere. But Mike, oh. Mike couldn't join us tonight because he's still recovering from the flu. <laughs> yeah. And Zach said he wasn't feeling well a little bit earlier. So how are you feeling, Zach? I'm like on the cusp of getting sick. I feel like you guys are just getting me sick through uh, through the through the phone here or Osmosis. computer. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But good to be back with you guys. You finally moved into your house. Congratulations! And yes, moved in. That's been taking up most of my time. So hopefully uh, more podcasts in the future here. Now you're stuck awesome. with you're stuck with Zach and I bickering more again. Yay! Stuck with George <laughs> and you. Yes. Well, you, you're George. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're George. Yeah, that's right. So, I am Roto Nino. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. You can't be Roto I, I really wish I was. I wish you I had that, you that fire oh, Twitter yeah. handle. <laughs> you can't handle the Roto Nino. Okay. So with that said, this is episode 80, and we're going to have a little fun with this one. We're not – everybody's so focused on finding values late in drafts, the sleepers. And we talk about sleepers. We do positional sleepers even which we're going to get to later this week or early next week. With, with that being said, though, I digress, of course. We are going to highlight players going inside the top 150 of ADP right now, and we're going to talk about how they are, how they are values. I think, honestly, and I said this off air, so I, I truly mean it, that finding values early in draft are just as important, if not more important than later, because this is your foundation. If you can find values early on, it's just going to make your team that much better later on. So – 
I think it's good. I think this is a good little practice for us to get some names out there. And we're going to come, we're going to come with nine, three each. Otherwise this podcast will run three hours. We're going to come with nine names that guys that we perceive as being values in the early rounds. So again, they're in the, they're going in the top 150. I do have a phone going off. I also have the uh, ADP pulled up for the last 30 days for um, online uh, champion leagues for NFBC. So that'll give everybody an idea of what's going on because these are the leagues. These leagues are 12 teams. So that caters to majority of the formats that people listening play, which we did a poll to confirm. Also, this is, these are leagues that people have a good amount of skin in the game. These are $350 leagues, I believe. So people typically make, take these um, drafts relatively seriously, I would hope. And if not, that's a waste of their money, not mine, but it's good ADP data, I guess is a, my long way of saying it. So, Without further ado, we're going to jump right into these early round ADP values, top 150. Zach, I will let you start since it's been a while since you've spoken on this podcast <laughs> as far as analysis goes. Who's your first guy? So first guy that I'm going to take here is, is Zach Gallen. Uh, he's really been getting hyped up as of late. Um, he just continues to climb up the ranks past like month or so, he really hasn't even been a lock for the rotation roster resource had him in the bullpen um, over some other veteran guys. But uh, this Mike, Mike this Mike leak injury really helps the gallon situation. And it really pretty much just guarantees, I think, I mean, unless he just completely implodes in spring training, which I don't see happening. Um, he's pretty much a lock for the rotation, I think. Um, so right now, ADP for Gallon is around 130, and he's about the 34th starting pitcher off the board. I could definitely see Gallon, um, if he can stay healthy and stay in the rotation for the whole season, I could see this guy being a top 20, top 20 arm here. And next season, um, really could see this guy being um, one of the first pitchers, not, not top pitchers off the board, but definitely like a top 15 top 20 arm next year if he uh, can live up to the hype but he's got a phenomenal pitch mix uh, he's got five pitches he the sinker really wasn't being used too much last year but there's talk of him, him um, including that more in his pitch mix this season but his curve and change up are really his two wipeout pitches um, with uh, with with percentages over 30 40 percent for both of those respectively so um, he, he's just he's got a phenomenal pitch mix which we've seen guys like glass now really only have like two pitches um, so yeah I mean he's got a lot of different options there and I just really see him um, just kind of going crazy this year in Arizona he's in a much better situation than Miami so. I was about to say I'm really upset that Miami uh, got rid of him very weird deal um, I mean he he wasn't really a top prospect for them they traded him for a top 100 guy but Gallon really he kind of just took off last year yeah and Arizona saw that and I think they're getting a gem here in Gallon so let me ask you a few would you rathers okay Mike Soroka or Zach Gallon I think I would take Gallon. I'm with you. I think there's more strikeout potential with Gallon. Well, yeah, I, I ask because the ADP is like almost 25 pick difference roughly right now. Um, let's see, a couple more names: Mad Bum or Zach Gallon. I'm a sucker for Mad Bum. I really am. <laughs> You're but... a sucker, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I like Gallon though. I like the upside that Gallon provides. 
Uh, Denelson Lamette or Zach Gallon? I'm still taking Gallon. I, I like Lamette, but I just think there's um, a very good chance that he does not uh, return on that investment that a lot of people are hoping for this year. And one last name, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez or Zach Gallon? <sighs> I still think I'm taking Gallon. I'm not an Eduardo fan. I know you are. I'm just not a believer. He had a great second half, but I still oh. think – I would take Gallon. I wish Mike was here now because I want to ask Matt because I, I don't know. Do you do you prefer Max Max Freed? I guess would be the last one. Max Freed or Zach Gallon? But I know Mike that would really tug. He his would take Freed. I'm you taking Gallon even over Gallon because I think he likes Gallon just as much as you do or as much as most of us do. Yeah. Um, I I just asked you a bunch of names by the way that were within similar ADP range. Like you have to make this decision realistically. Um, George, any of these names that I said stick out to you that you'd rather have over Gallon, or are you kind of in the same line of thought? I'm kind of right there with you guys. Gotcha. There's one name, I guess this will lead into my first guy, which I wasn't expecting to talk next, but I want to ask you guys, Lance Lynn or Zach Gallon? Go ahead, George. <laughs> go that... ahead, George. I feel like I just talked a lot, so George can go. Gotcha. That's a good – no, that's a good one, but – um. Yeah, no, I, I I think I'd go Gallon. Wow. What about you, George? Zach, damn yeah. it. It took all of five minutes again to do this. You know, I this is tough because I just hyped up Gallon. <laughs> but I, I'm a big Lance Lynn fan. I mean, it, it, it's close. They're probably neck and neck in rankings. Um, it really depends on, I think, the structure of my team. If I have some proven vets that I took earlier, I think I would probably take the chance on Gallon. But if I went with maybe some more – younger upside arms to start then maybe i would go with the more proven floor in lance lynn but they're both neck and neck i don't think you can go wrong with either i know i just kind of sidestepped around that question it's okay (laughs) i have lance lynn and it's not even close for me i have lance as a top 25 starting pitcher actually i'm really high on aggressive i like it he had he had a career best 10.63 k per nine last year pitched over 200 innings the, the, the 3.67 ERA he ultimately put up was backed up by the ratio indicators pretty much across the board. And this was also, you know, backed up further by a pitch mix change, which, you know, oh. me and tangible change. That is my Valentine. That is my love. Pitch, <laughs> <laughs> anything involving tangible change is what I'm about. And the K rate itself was also backed up by a career best 12.5% swing strike rate. Although... I could see the strike uh, the strikeouts regress just a bit due to the fact that the chase rate is actually below average at 29.9%, oddly enough. So it's like one of those things like he, he's not getting, he's getting the swings, he's getting the swinging strikes while keeping the ball in the zone, I would guess. I, have to, I should probably look at the zone rate, but I don't have that in front of me right now. But the, with the chase rate being below average, the fact that he's still generating such a good amount of strikeouts suggests that it, it can still be somewhat sustained, I think. Um, and Another thing that people – I mean, maybe people do mention it. I just don't hear a lot of it is that Lance Lynn should get a further boost with that change in home park because now with the Dome, although the Dome won't be open every night, you still got to think that there's a, just better park factors in his favor with having the, fact, having the ball in a climate-controlled atmosphere, so at least some nights, if not most, cause, especially because how hot it is. So, and the idea is that possibly it will play more neutral versus it being a hitter's park. So with all those going, with all that said, essentially I see a strong SP2 type of pitcher. Obviously, I rank him as such, and I think he's going at such a great value. I just don't understand why still. 
Like, there's no reason for it. He showed, like, everything about last year just seems legit. I guess he's not flashy. He's not your Zach Gallon. He's not your Janelle Lamet. But I want him over both those guys without a hesitation. So, that's my that's my yeah. soapbox for the night, I think. You make a, <laughs> a compelling argument. I, I think I would definitely go Lynn over Gallon as well. I think it's just a safer pick. Um, you really still don't know what we're getting out of Gallon. But, yeah, uh, I agree. And I think the change in park is definitely going to help him. Um, I really, Lynn, Lynn has really been a, a great pitcher everywhere he's gone except the Yankees. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the Lancelin train as well. Perfect. I'm glad that didn't take much talking or convincing you, I should say. George, <laughs> get in here, talk. Who's your, who's one of your, who's one of your guys you find to be a value in the top 150? All right, man. So, um, as far as value go, I just, you know, when I'm putting this list together, I just think, you know, who, who am I willing to reach for? And, um, and take where they're going right now. And one of my guys is Josh Donaldson. I've been drafting a lot of Josh Donaldson. I love the move to, to Minnesota and that stacked lineup. I mean, Minnesota, I mean, they, they could, you know, they could score the most runs. They can hit the most home runs this year, you know, then, and it's just, yeah, it, it's crazy. He, I mean, you look at his stat cast numbers and there, a lot of it is some career best, career best barrel rate, career best um, exit velocity, Hard hit percentage, you know, all career best for him, uh, you know, in the Statcast era. And one of the things that that I I, I would look at is, I mean, the the Twins in general they kind of adopted this philosophy of, of of pulling the ball a lot more. I look at guys like um, Eddie Rosario, Mitch Garver, Max Kepler, uh, Miguel Sano. They all had career high pull rates. Rosario at 44%, Garver at 48%, Kepler at 51%, Sano at 53%. They all just started pulling the ball a lot more. And I mean, it, it worked. They all had, you know, they all just went off last season and hit, hit a ton of home runs. If Donaldson, I mean, he hits the ball so hard. He, he was fifth in, in uh, average exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. Uh, just behind guys like uh, Fran Mel Reyes, Nelson Cruz, Aaron Judge, Miguel Sano. I mean, we, we know what kind of power they all have. And uh, looking at pulled fly balls, Donald's is right up there too. You know, I think he, he was, uh, yeah, sixth, sixth in uh, average vel- exit velocity on, on pulled line drives and fly balls. He pulled the ball at 39%. And it, if that's something that maybe he buys into a little bit more, he starts pulling the ball a little more maybe he stays like right around that, you know, 260 average or so. But I mean, I, I think as long as he stays healthy, he's a lock for 40 home runs and he's going to drive in a ton of runs in that lineup. So, th- I mean, this is one of the lineups that I'm, I'm, you know, targeting when you, you want to like, you know, get your counting stats and stuff. I mean, all these guys could score a ton of runs, get a ton of RBI. So Donaldson, I think he's, he's going to be a, a real good value if you could get him there. I think uh, where's he at in this ADP? Eight, uh, the last thirty days, he's eighty ninth. He's really shot up. 80, at least yeah. in, in ADP, I'm looking at so <laughs> he's eighty ninth in the last thirty days, and that's 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 probably about right. That's where he should have been going initially after the signing. I definitely that's definitely where he belongs. I think he's solid and safe as well. The encouraging thing about him is that typically when you see somebody aging you look at their plate discipline and it gets worse. Goldschmidt, he's one of those guys that you see a trend in his plate discipline just getting worse. With The reason why this is encouraging is because Donaldson hasn't really shown any significant decline in his plate discipline. Other than the swinging strike rate being a career worse, well, sorry, almost a career worse last two seasons, 
technically 2010 being his actual career worst, but I think that was, uh, looks like that was his rookie year. Regardless, um, other than a little bit more swing and miss in his game, there's been pretty much no dip in the numbers elsewhere. And you actually see he's a little bit, he's been a little more aggressive last couple uh, last year versus the last few years. And with mm-hmm. it, the, con- the contact rates have actually gotten a little better. And so right. I know I lied. Z contact got worse. That's weird. Z contact got worse, but his O contact jumped a, good, a huge amount. And then the contact rate overall jumped a good amount. So, oh no, there's give and take in the profile. Either way, I guess my point, I guess the ultimate point I was trying to get at before confusing myself and everybody else is that there's really no true big time decline in the plate discipline. And that really says a lot about an aging player and about how much I believe it to be a legitimate, um, be, to be legitimate and to help sustain production going into their, you know, mid thirties. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, they signed him for, to a, a big, you know, big uh, contract. So, you know, uh, he, he did stay healthy last season. That was a big concern. And I think that's what's probably got his price where it is right now is, you know, people are probably still concerned about, him staying healthy but I mean he, he played the whole the whole year last year and now he's in a AL team where mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he DHs occasionally so exactly I'm, I'm I was actually gonna say this so I'm glad you did because I think realistically you could be looking at a guy who should I mean if it wasn't for the fact that he was you know the injury history he has in the age he'd be he would be going in the top 50 or should be based on what you can get out of him like why would like why would, would it really surprise anybody if he outproduced a Matt Olson or a, a, P, a Pete Alonso this year? It shouldn't. No, no, it, I mean, right. it might, but it shouldn't because that, you know, the team context and everything is a little, it's probably the best team of all of them. And then the fact that he might, might very well just be the same exact type of hitter and we, and he has a track record. I think he just lacks that shine and the age kind of holds him back. So that's why I think he's a great value. I'm with you. Um, a little bit of would you rather, unless you have some more to add. Because I like the would you rather. It's always fun. Uh, no, no, we can go ahead. And... All right. Would you rather Nelson Cruz or Josh Alza? <laughs> Pick your poison with the old man there. <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> I just, dude, I, I love them both. And I mean, Josh, and, and Nelson Cruz, this is a quick little thing. I mentioned I would do this. I forgot to do this at the top of the show. But Nelson Cruz makes this list for all of us. We did not – no one here we, – we all liked him, but nobody actually has him as one of their guys because he's too obvious. But with that said, he is a great target. Make sure you go out of your way Absolutely. to get him. He is such a solid, great, high-floor, safe pick. People are so worried about the age, and I get it, but that's baked into his price. He is a value. I want to yeah. make it very clear. Yeah. So. I mean, he's probably the reason why I'm not going to have any Jordan Alvarez this year, just because like, if I know if I'm taking Alvarez, I'm not going to take Cruz and, and fill that because if I already have that utility spot filled, but yeah, absolutely. He's uh 82, um, 82.41. Yeah. And these uh, ADP. Yeah. Cruz is, is the obvious one. He's probably the biggest value. I mean, you know, in, in this, in this top 100. So anyway, now I, I I forgot to make you pick. Are you taking oh, Cruz <laughs> or Donaldson here? Oh man, um, I'm gonna take Cruz. I'm still gonna take Cruz just because I think that um, he's got a little bit safer batting average. Okay, fine. Uh, Max Muncy or Donaldson? Uh, I'll take. I'm taking Donaldson. Donaldson or Chapman? That is a good one, but uh, you know what? I'm gonna take Donaldson. Last one, I think, unless – ooh, I have two more lied because uh, I want to hear Jorge Soler or Donaldson. 
obviously. <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm taking Donaldson. Yeah, just because. Uh, yeah, I, I'm taking Donaldson. They're very similar. Their, their profiles are, are pretty similar, but I think the the plate discipline still a little. I mean, Solaire did show some really good gains there in the second half of the season, but I think Donaldson's got the better track record there. And counting stats matter. Counting stats do matter. You you, you can't forget that they're counting they are. Matter. Yeah, they, they, that's they, a T-shirt. <laughs> counting stats matter they do runs and rbi matter and and i think that um you know in, in that lineup uh, that's that's one that i'm targeting that's that's where i'm trying to get the, those uh you know it's a good one we, good one to find value for those those stats so i have one more name but before i get to it zach did you have anything to say about donaldson or did you um any of these would you rather did you think that you'd rather have a couple of these other guys I want to ask you one more, George. McNeil or Donaldson? Oh, McNeil. What a waste. Different types of players, <laughs> both productive players. Yeah, so. yeah they're definitely um, – There's only one right answer here. Different types of players. Um, I mean, if, if I'm in just looking game. at third base only, if I'm looking third base only, I want Donaldson. In, I mean, I, I can't – yes. I, I can't put – yeah, I, I can't put Mc, uh, Donaldson at second base. Otherwise, I mean, that that's a – I mean, I think the multi-positional eligibility is really valuable with McNeil, but um, the batting average, the, yeah, and the, you know, the batting team average construction better. would dictate which one you go with. But that's why I said in a vacuum, because in a vacuum, you're taking pretty much taking away all extenuating circumstances. You're yeah. just looking at them for who they are and what they offer. Right. But yes, because George, I'm guessing you have a uh, you have a real affinity for uh, McNeil, don't you? There, Mets fan. I do. I was just looking. I'm looking <laughs> at third base ranks, and they're right neck and neck. Um, McNeil, Chapman, Donaldson. I, I I really do like Donaldson as well. But like I said, it's a very different type of player um, between him and McNeil. But it really depends on your team construction, I guess. But um, I don't know. I just I, I like the flexibility that McNeil offers. But yeah, Donaldson. I mean, this is a a guy a few years ago. He's a top five third baseman I mean he was almost a first second round talent a few years ago before the injuries came along before the injuries Uh, I think he was a first or second round talent yeah like a late first Um, he was like the Arenado of the back yeah I mean in the same sentence if he can stay healthy which he showed he could do last year I love this value pick right here I mean you're looking at um 40 home run potential right here and um Yeah, I, it's, hashtag it's just, counting stats. Counting matter. stats, man. <laughs> it's a tremendous value. So I love the pick and everything you guys said. I completely agree with. Except McNeil, I still like him. <laughs> Except you're still wrong. Shocking. Um, I like him, Matt. Well, you should. You're gonna get your heart broken twice. Um, with that said, this actually there's one more guy, and this transitions into your next guy. So I'm actually saying your next guy for you. But Josh Donaldson or Josh Bell? Is that um, George? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's your next guy. I'm letting you just. I I I messed. Good up segue. That. I messed it up. I I said the wrong name and ruined it all. George. Yeah. Josh Johnson or Josh Bell? Oh man, because you you know you know I'm how much I really like Bell. And he's one of your um, values. So perfect. That's what. The well, was. Actually, I was gonna go with someone. <laughs> uh, someone were you? Else. Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> He was one changing of those, it up. Well, here's the thing. No, I mean, I do think I, I do like, think that I was gonna. We were gonna do five each, but we realized we have a mailbag to do, 
and I cut it down three each, and I didn't realize that I forgot that one of the, Bell was one of the ones that made they got cut off the list. So guess what? <laughs> He's being put back on the list, and now you get to talk about Bell a little bit. So Josh Bell, go for it. Oh Josh man, on the spot, on the spot. <laughs> Or Bell, you know, uh, I, I really hate that they lost, you know, uh, Starlin Marte and the lineup is pretty much gutted. I mean, I mean, he's going to be, well, I don't know how much is going to affect Bell too <laughs> much because so, he's going to be, so he's still, yeah, he's still going to be hitting behind uh, like Newman and uh, Brian Reynolds, who, you know, both should be on base quite a bit. Both should be hitting for, you know, good averages and stuff. So, man, I, I think. I think I would. I think I would take Bell. I think I would. I think I really, buy. You really love Bell. I do. I do. I, I think um, just the first base. He's at first base, which you know. I think after the first like dozen or so, first baseman really drops off big time. Um, a lot of question marks after that. So, yeah, I, I think I would just in a vacuum. I think I would take Josh Bell. I think I buy into that first half a little bit more. Um, than what I saw in the second half. Um, I, I think something came out recently where he had mentioned that uh, he was kind of working on, um, you know, recognizing the breaking pitches in that second half a little bit more. Uh, he started making some adjustments, and you could see it. You could see that he started hitting those breaking pitches a lot better and started turning things back around as the season was coming to an end before uh, he got shut down with a couple weeks left uh, due to injury. But, yeah, I, I, I'm buying – Josh Bell, as um, I'm buying that first half breakout, I think that he's got um, you know 35 homer power with that and and a batting average that'll that can help you, you know, maybe you know 280, 270, 280 upside. So I, I like it. So uh, I'm gonna go with Bell there. Did you like my tweet? I'm sure you saw it. So I cannot myself. You were talking. Uh, it was great information, <laughs> but I couldn't help but tweet. And I tagged you guys because counting stats matter. <laughs> and I wanted to introduce that to the world as a thing. Not all, uh, yeah. not all of us tweet in podcasts like you. That's right. It's <laughs> called multitasking. You learn. You anyway. become very good at it. Well, yes, because I like to stay hip to the information as we're recording. You know, it's very, very, it's essential. Plus, if I don't keep myself occupied while someone's talking, I tend to lose my train of thought and listening. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, Zach? so. George, what? what you I was gonna transition to Zach. What's up? No, no, no. That's fine. Um, I was just gonna just gonna say about Josh Bell. He's going at ninety nine here. Um, so I think, yeah, I think getting Josh Bell at ninety nine in the in the last thirty days here on NFBC, I think that is really good value. Meh. I have no problem with him. I haven't. I actually got him on a team or two early on in the draft champions leagues. So in those uh, DCs I did, so I'm not against his value. I just, I don't know, I try to mix it up and he kind of falls into his big glob of talent <laughs> right here for me. I think, but I think being first base eligible really does help separate him. But like you said, that lineup around him is just getting worse and you almost want to see him traded. That would be ideal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which could happen. I mean, he's only 27, I think, but that's, I mean, they, they have this guy that I really like this year and Will Craig in the minors that could come up and play for space and that would give them a way to kind of deal bell. Like I said, bells in his prime right now, but I, these days, I mean, you see Mookie Betts get traded. You hear Lindor's getting traded. Anything is possible. This is ridiculous. Baseball's broken. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, at, at their prices. Yeah. At, honestly, at, at their prices, I, I think I would take bell at first base over just about, I mean, 
maybe just about over everyone else except maybe Bellinger and Freeman. After you get past that, oh, I see. What you I'll mean. let everybody else. Wow. Based on value. Well, yeah. Based it, on value. It's based on value. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Because even Olsen is getting priced up, which is really pissing me off. Because I was on Olsen before; it was cool to be on Olsen. And now, <laughs> I mean, he's still going relatively. I'm still okay taking where he's going, but I liked him more when he was going. Like, where is he going? I can't find him right now. Sixty-two. I'm Past okay. thirty days. I'm okay with that, I guess. Like that's that's about right. I'm just I don't know. I think at one point I was getting him later than that. I feel like. He's definitely creeping up draft boards past month or so. I'm looking at it's strictly in the format I'm looking at. He's actually he's been going 55. Where uh, in the on the ADP for the online champions leagues, not just NFPC as a whole. So if that ADP is indicative of anything, he's he's going to he's going to be going top 50. Which this is where I rank him, and this is where P. Alonso needs to be ranked just to make sure I get that <laughs> in there. <laughs> Bell versus Olson versus Alonso. Bell's obviously below them, but due to the value or due to the the cost, George obviously wants Bell. Based I think, just based on that, I think. I think George just wants to get on on our bet this year that we have. Between, oh, you want to make you want to make it a three? You want to make it a menage I, a trois? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do now. That's what, that's what we're doing here. We're going full on. Okay, that's that's what we're doing. Uh, we we can talk about that off the air. Wink, wink. Hey, that sounds good. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> oh, George is in. Roto Nino. It's not a party that Roto Nino. All right. Okay. This well, is getting off the rails. That that that's it's kind of a good segue. I'm gonna go into my next guy based on that's what you right. were just talking about. Yep. I changed up my guy. I, I don't I don't like the guy that I was gonna talk about. I want to talk about uh, a guy that George I know likes a lot and Fran Mill Reyes. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Just I I was kind of comparing names that we were just talking about between Fran Mill Reyes. Matt Olson, Pete Alonzo. I mean, Fran Mill right now, past month or so, is going about 145. Matt Olson is going about 62, and Pete Alonzo is going 30. Um, I love Pete Alonzo. I agree with what Mike has been saying for the past month or so, just about how it's just it's, okay for pretty much the whole off season since here. like October of 2019. <laughs> like... Yes, it's it's been longer than a month. Um, but yeah, it's it's just not great value at 30 for Alonzo. When you can get guys like Olsen, who are going to put up very similar numbers, and even Framil Reyes, um, almost a hundred picks later, is going to put give you tremendous value. Um, I mean that that trade to Cleveland is the best thing that fantasy owners could have could have asked for. Um, he's going to put up if if healthy, you're looking at forty homers, hundred ribbies, and that's what you're going to get out of Olsen and Alonzo, and you're looking. Um, at a 10th, 11th round guy here. And I feel like he's still going to be pushed up the next um, month or so here before we get into the season. Um, I could see him being pushed up to like um, 125, 135 range, somewhere around there. I feel like people are going to be reaching for this guy who missed out on power early in the draft, and they're going to reach for this guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you go with pitching early and try and secure some speed early, Framel Race is a great target mid-round to uh, to grab to solidify power and, and RBIs. So I think that's a great value uh, within the 150 range and just much better option than Olsen, Alonzo, where they're going. Well, I, I'm going to put – I'm going to rain on your parade just a little bit because I, I really do like the raw power and the fact that he could hit 50 this year and nobody would or should be surprised. Mm-hmm. 
what is concerning is of qualified hitters last year, qualified hitters, he had the lowest contact rate in the majors. The lowest, not the second, not the third, not, not bottom 10, the lowest contact rate in the majors of all qualified hitters. And he paired that with the second highest swinging strike rate of all hitters, qualified hitters in the major leagues last year. The second highest. So obviously I, what I'm getting at is there's a lot of holes in that swing. There's yes. a lot of swing and miss, which can bottom out his batting average. Like, like we're hoping for a 240, 250, because that wouldn't be so bad. But that strikeout rate, if he doesn't, if he can, I mean, this is this. There's ways of looking at this. He could put up 50. He could put up actually 50. He could put 40 and 100 RBIs while hitting 240, and that's okay. And he could, or if he just made like five percent more contact, which is a lot. You can't just say just five percent, but if he made any gains in contact, you're looking at a guy who could easily hit 50 and bat 260. So it's like maybe he's just one small ju- adjustment away from getting there, or we're looking at a guy who could completely bottom out. At his price, that's baked in, but I, I just want to make sure that that is like a known thing that he can't he can't swing he swings and misses a lot, but when he hits the ball, it goes very far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's pretty much all or nothing. But yeah, I mean, when it's I when I'm game, that's a, that's okay. I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, the game that we're in right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, one one encouraging thing is he did uh, raise his launch angle. Uh, over 2018 and I mean I, I think his ground ball rate was down to about f- a little under 44 percent but if he can make another you know small adjustment there and maybe hit a few more liners uh, you, you see that his XBA his expected batting average was at 264 um, I mean he's probably gonna underperform that consistently just because the dude is like a, a beast he's not going to be running out any grounders or anything so um yeah, I mean, I think I think there is. He's only 24 years old, so there's plenty of room I'm, for improvement. I'm, I'm saying I'm not saying he won't improve. I'm just saying that, like, I remember the big thing was like he put he lost weight or put on muscle or something. I think it was maybe a mix of both. That's why he he did that in the off season. And and then I saw somebody kind of going gaga over that. I'm like, nobody's questioning the power. The last thing he needed <laughs> yeah. was to be in better physical shape as far as hit. hit. He like, no one's questioning. He could put up 50. Nobody should be questioning that. He needs to work. I I just want to see him get better at hitting the ball <laughs> like like if he sold I, I would take a little less power but you're gonna give, you can give me 35 and 260 I'm, i'd rather have that honestly than maybe i wouldn't because you the idea of i guess when you're taking him in general i would hope or like to think that you're building your team to absorb the bat, the batting average like the idea of taking him is because you passed on power and got speed and batting average early and now you're making it up so i yeah. think the idea is to you know absorb it but if he can make any little gain in contact in, in his in his in on his, in his contact ability, then we could see a real big breakout, full on breakout from this from from Fran Mill Reyes. So yeah, the one thing I, I I'll add another thing here about on Fran Mill is <laughs> you wanted to talk about him so bad, and we let Zach have him. Oh no no, it's fine. It, this actually this is a small knock on him actually. Um, yes, more, more. He's gonna be. I mean, he's gonna. He's going to be their full-time DH. I don't think he's going to even touch the outfield. So, you know, when they have, like, interleague games and stuff, he, he's, he might not have the same kind of, uh, you know, plate appearance numbers as guys that, you know, we're trying to compare him to higher up in the draft. And so, I mean, I think 40 home runs is without a doubt possible, but I don't know if he's going to get reach that, like, 100 RBI, you know, uh, number. Maybe it's more like around 80. Um, but he's he's gonna you know 
definitely possibility to t uh, get those 40 homers. Okay. I think we're done beating up on Fran Mill. I think, <laughs> I think it's okay to move on. I'm going to talk about my second guy here, and it's just a guy that feels like annually underappreciated. And it's – well, I shouldn't say annually. I think it's because people still have bad taste in their mouth. I think it was from 2018 in Tommy Pham when he was going, what, the third round and just got hurt and kind of couldn't stay healthy that year, kind of knickknack injuries all year. Mm -hmm. But I'm big on Tommy Pham. You're seeing him go in the 70s right now. And people might be thinking, well, that's not much of a value. But I think it is because the idea this, – this year everyone's harping on – get your power speed combos get your power speed combos and this is a power speed combo you can get what 12 24 36 48 50 <laughs> seventh round basically <laughs> i have to do the math seventh round in a, in a 12 teamer and that's good value and i think the health is a little over over like exaggerated a little bit because in the last three years he's played 128 games 137 games and 145 games so every year he's played a few more games, essentially learning how to stay healthy, it seems like. You know what I mean? And then, you know, he put up 2020 in two of the last three seasons. And the year he didn't put up 2020, it was short. He came up short on the stolen bases, which I think that was that might have been the year. Where I remember him having kind of like some soft tissue issues. So that I, he only put 15 that year. But the, the lowest he has hit in all three of those seasons, as far as batting average goes, is a two, was a 273 batting average. So you're looking at a guy with legitimate full five category upside. Now he goes to a park where the power might be suppressed a little bit, but, you know, Tampa wasn't always a hitter's park by any means, or St. Louis. So I still think that 2020 is very much legit, legitimate, and he's in a good lineup. So even if he's in a park where he hits a few less home runs, that could just put him on, the ba on base more, which could lead to more stolen bases. So I think at the end of the day, though, you're still looking at a guy who's going to hit about 270, give you 20 and 20 with 100 runs in that lineup. And if he's hitting behind Tatis, he could put up close to 80 or so RBIs. I don't see what there is to dislike about him. I don't see what the apprehension is about drafting him. I would draft him confidently in this. I would take him as early as the fifth round, honestly, in a draft with no real qualms about it if I needed the speed because, again, speed is such a premium. But even in points leagues, he has good OBP. He is a solid player in all right. formats you could target in that in that 70-ish range. Yeah, I, I like the call. And um, he's going right there. Like, they're all, like, within 10 picks of each other. But you've got the Victor Robles and uh, Ramon Laureano, um, Luis Robert, and Tommy Pham. And I honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I prefer Pham. And I think a lot of it just goes back to I know what I'm getting, and I'd rather take the safety. Laureano is very close for me, actually. Yeah, I find I like those, Laureano a lot. It's those two, because I think Laureano offers a little more ceiling. I think we've yet to see the best of Tommy Pham, and a lot of it goes back to health. But when it comes to speedsters, they all have soft tissue concerns. They all do. Like, you can't tell me I, – I can't say I'm confident in any one of them staying healthy all year as, as guys who, are, you know, depend on their legs to, to produce, you know, any type of uh, value to their team. So, him being the oldest, sure, I have a little apprehension about that as far as – but it's really him and Laureano. And for me, I'm just not a huge uh, Robert guy. I just – I'm – I know there's a lot of holes in that swing. I hear a lot of scouts afraid of him uh, having issues with breaking pitches. He's shown to have some in the past in the minors. He can crush a fastball, but we're talking about major league sequencing and a whole lot of stuff that doesn't show the numbers, and he's being priced out. And obviously, I'm very, if you're going to get into busts, we haven't really talked about busts on this podcast as a whole, a, a whole, as a whole really, but Robert, Robert at his current price would be a bust. But anyway, back on the fam, like fam. Zach, what do you think? I do agree. I am a, I'm a fan. I'm a 
I'm a fam fan yeah, this go. year. I that didn't even mean to do that. That's just kind of how it came out. Um, but I don't know. We we're just talking about some of those names that he's going near Loriano um, and Luis Robert, Joey Gallo. It really it depends on roster construction as well. I personally like taking the chance on Luis Robert this year. I like Joey Gallo this year. But if I am in need of some stolen bases, Fam is the guy I'm going to go for there. But like I said, really depends what you're looking for for your team um, in that range. But counting stats matter. Counting <laughs> stats do matter. A wise man once said. Um, <laughs> a wise man. Roto a, underscore a, Nino said. A wise ass once said. <laughs> but yeah, I like the Fam pick. It's a solid pick. Uh, we're not going to disagree. There's no fun. This is no. It's hard. Uh, yeah. It's hard to disagree. Actually. We, well, it's hard. I mean, you might disagree about who you might take over somebody, yeah. but it's hard to disagree with that. Like, we kind of have similar play valuations tonight, and it's annoying because I, I can't just get into an argument for 20 minutes about, you know, Alonzo <laughs> versus Olsen with Z- yeah. Zach. And- How, let's, because uh, I, I feel like this is going to, this is a space here in the draft where maybe a lot of people are going to be debating, you know, about who they want to take. How would you rank these four guys, these similar guys going all within 10 picks of each other here, Robles, Fam, Loriano, and Robert? Okay, before we get to that, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break, and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Okay, so what were those names again? <laughs> now that we just got back from the break? <laughs> that was a great yeah, so, break. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Victor Robles, Tommy Pham, Ramon Laureano, and Luis Robert. All similar types of players, all going within 10 picks of each other. I feel like this is a spot in the draft where you're going to be at and, and maybe debate you know, who you want to take. How would you rank them? Okay, Pham, you're so fast. Robles, Robert, uh, and Laureano. And Laureano? I, think mm. I, have it, I think I have it, Pham and Laureano, and then Robles, Robert. Or Robert Robles. Oh, man. I don't know. I do have Loriano and Fam ahead of them clearly for me. Uh-huh. And then Robles and Robert. I, I, I lean Robles because I think he's going to hit the top of the lineup. I think he's going to – because they're, they're talking about leading him off. I think there's more playing potential there, and I, playing time potential. And I, Although I don't – I think Robert has the highest ceiling of all these guys. I think he also has by far the lowest floor. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really the difference maker for me. And I do, Don't get me wrong. I have all these guys pretty much – back to back in my ranks as well but my, i'm i'm very very skeptical on luis robert i know he flashed like what appeared to be like greatness in the minors last year i just really want to see what he looks like in spring training and i'm and even that is sketchy because these days pitchers use it as a way to tune up they're throwing pitchers one day they're these guys and robert might face a lot of you know quad a he could be facing, you know, what, what, you know how Buxton crushes spring training. You just don't know what he's going to see in spring training. So, I don't know, man. I think I'm going to be fading Robert this year. And if I'm, I'll go down with the ship type of thing. Like, I'm not going to act like I, I was ever right on it. <laughs> like, I just, I have a lot of apprehension, a lot of questions, and I'm not buying in at his price. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. I don't think that I'm going to have very much of Robert, if at all, this year. Um, and Robles, I feel like there's somebody always higher than me in every draft on him. Yeah, he, probably me. Well, well, his his ADP <laughs> is ahead of Fam and Loriano, and mm-hmm. I and I just mentioned how I rank Fam and Loriano above Robles. 
So, like, obviously, I'm never going to get robust, but I'm going to get a bunch of fam in Loriano. Definitely fam. I've already gotten fam in leagues. Like, I'm definitely going to get fam in most of my leagues based on his price. Because I think he's going – isn't he going behind Loriano and Robles? And even Robert, I think he's going last. Um, well, the, the ADP I'm looking at goes uh, Robles, fam, uh, Loriano, Robert. Really? Fam, then Loriano. Ooh, so I, I, I feel like I'd never see that happen in drafts. I feel like Loriano goes first, but if not – Whichever man, I, I will take whichever one falls to me between Loriano and Fam every time. I yeah, like Fam yeah. more, but and I think that yeah, I think that possibility of Robles uh, leading off, I think you know, is is kind of if he's leading off, I mean, he's he's got forty still potential right there. I think that's you know, that's what's got him here ahead of these guys, and I kind of buy into that. I kind of buy kind of buying into Robles um, myself here. And I think I would go Robles. Um, I think I would kind of just go, I don't know, because I really like Loriano. I think I'd go <laughs> I Robles, Lor- Robles, Loriano, Fam, uh, Robert. And Zach, round this the is, here. This is really, really tough here. <laughs> this is For, why you uh, get paid to do what you do. <laughs> paid in shekels <laughs> we, we make it hail we don't make it rain <laughs> these uh, these these four really are tough just because they're such similar players i think fam is probably my number one out of that group i think he is the safest floor um and then the other three it's really i really think it's a toss-up i think i'm higher on robert than both of you um I'm not as high on Robles. I think Robert and Robles could be pretty similar this year. Um, obviously, they're both speed guys, and that's really what's so valuable about Robles this year. Um, but I just think we could really see more power from Robert. I think the batting average is going to suffer a little bit. And I'm not going to lie, I really haven't been a Loreano guy, but you guys have kind of brought me up a little bit, especially in this conversation. Um, I think I would probably go Fam, Loriano, Robert Robles, but don't I don't want to set that in stone. <laughs> That's a perfect way to transition to a guy who's going, I don't know, about twenty to thirty picks later, plays a different position altogether. But that's Tim Anderson. He's my final guy on this list. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge Tim Anderson guy. It, it, it honestly goes back to the whole power speed combination thing. And yes, yeah, shortstop is very deep. I think I rank Tim Anderson about 15th in my shortstop rankings. So there, it's just a lot of it just his position. His position is pushing him down. But we're looking at a guy who legitimately won the AL batting champion. He was the AL batting title last year. He's the AL batting champ. That it, First off, that's a joke. He's not going to do that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just not. But, yeah, I mean, it came with the over 400 Babbitt. No, 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 399. Oh, three ninety nine. Okay. Don't you? Don't you? I think it was three ninety nine. I'm looking at at least the notes I wrote here. Three ninety nine. But there are, is some promising signs, or are there are there were there were some promising signs. Yeah. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson has actually improved his K rate four straight seasons, and it's this uh, in twenty nineteen it was a career best twenty one percent. So although he does not walk, which by the way the guy just doesn't walk, but he, he at. at even without walking, there was still overall growth in the plate discipline. He improved his contact rates across the board and, and did so while decreasing his swing strike rate. So swinging as much as he does, making more contact, obviously you're going to swing strike out less. And with that, 
that overall just contact gains and the, and the strikeout gains or lack of, I should say, that lends itself to a higher BABIP. If he's putting the ball in play more, he is fast enough to be out a lot of them. I'm not saying 399 is sustainable by any means, but a 350 BABIP wouldn't be crazy, I would think, with his skill, with his particular skill set. With all that said, I think at the end of the day, he offers you a 2020 potential with decent counting stats. He should be hitting, you know, towards I think towards the top of that lineup. Let's pull up roster resource. See what they say. Their guess is better than mine. Let's see. Should have probably looked that up beforehand, but I'm looking it up now. And they have him leading off. Even better. <laughs> Although I could see that kind of being an issue with Madrigal and if Robert does end up hitting on all cylinders, like, I, like I'm not expecting. Right, um, right. That could change, but at the end of the day, we're looking at a guy who literally could be 20, 20, 100 runs, 70 or so, or 80 RBIs, because again, looks like Robert's hitting at the bottom of the lineup, actually, which would, again, that's another reason why to ding him in the last set of uh, players we're talking about, but <laughs> Robert's likely going to hit the bottom of the lineup, which, which, you know, that lineup's pretty loaded, so if Anderson... If everything went right, Anderson could legitimately be a 2020 guy with 100 RBIs, 100 runs, and hit, what, 270? Like, he could produce almost like a first-round value at the absolute ceiling. I am not projecting that by any means. By any means. I am not saying he's going to do what I just said, but there is legitimately a potential outcome if he leads off all year doing that stat line. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Tim Anderson, he's someone who he, like his contact rates have gone up each of the last three years. Um, 399 BABIP is obviously yeah, like you said, too high. But I mean, with you know, 280, 270, 2020, I think that's pretty much a lock. He did 18 and 17 in 123 games, even if it is Nick Magical eventually leading off, um, and. I honestly, I don't think that Robert's a threat to to take that leadoff spot. Um, I think he's going to be down in that seven, eight, nine range, uh, pretty much all season. I think maybe Tim Anderson shifts down to second, but yeah, a, a good call. I'm right there with you. And I just think he's underappreciated, and a lot of it isn't the skill set; it's the fact that he's a shortstop. It's a testament to how deep shortstop is as a position. And the issue with shortstop being so deep is that not every league has a middle infield spot. So it's really hard for people to fit him on the roster sometimes. So I think that's what pushes him down. Cause I mean, you're going to, you're going to play in a 10 team league with no middle infield. You're going to find yourself really hard pressed to start him. Like he's somebody you should probably target for your utility for, for, for uh, steals if you need them. But even then there, again, it's just hard to put him in your utility when there's so much talent available. So it's in shallow formats. I he's it's gonna be crazy to think, but he might fall really far in drafts, and he might be on the bench for us a lot for a lot of teams. So he's definitely somebody that needs to be rostered in all formats. But man, it's gonna be interesting because again, just how how crazy deep shortstop is. Yeah, yeah. and it, it it makes for a good strategy. I mean, like you said, shortstop is extremely deep this year, and uh, when you have guys like Tim Anderson going um, as the 14th shortstop off the board, um, then maybe you can wait on shortstop a little bit, um, get some strengthen up some other positions, strengthen up your pitching early on, and maybe you can use Anderson as a starting shortstop, get you some stolen bases, good average later on. 
Um, I, I love the pick. Uh, I think Anderson should be at the top of the lineup all season. Um, all the projections I've seen for Madrigal, whenever he does come up, he's probably going to be a bottom of the order type bat as well. Um, I've seen him as uh, an eight or nine hitter um, in all the projections I've seen. So I'm not overly concerned, at least this year, about Madrigal dethroning Anderson at the leadoff spot. So I think Anderson is in a great spot at the top of the lineup over there. And, um, yeah, I like, like the pick. And it's a good transition to my next pick, too, whenever you're ready. <laughs> Set, go. All right. While we're on shortstop, Ahmed Rosario is a guy that I really like this year as well. Like we're saying, shortstop is extremely deep. Um, the power-steel combo is really difficult to find these days. And um, Rosario, a very similar player to Tim Anderson, 2020 upside player. Uh, Rosario really improved his plate discipline this year. And he's somebody that is in line to possibly lead off with the Mets as well, um, especially against lefties where he hit over 300, over an 880 OPS. Um, Mc- Rosario has said that he prefers uh, batting leadoff. I know they've toyed with the idea of McNeil leading off, but McNeil prefers um, the number two slot apparently. So if you have Rosario leading off, with McNeil behind him and Alonzo behind him. I mean, Rosario is going to see a lot of great pitches, a lot of fastballs. He's a great fastball hitter. I really think Rosario could thrive in the leadoff spot there with the Mets. And, yeah, I mean, if he can improve his stolen base efficiency, then you're looking at a 2020 guy. Uh, he's got the speed. He's right up there among the league leaders in sprint speed. Um I just really think that this is going to be – he already kind of broke out last year, but I think this is really going to be the breakout campaign for Rosario, who is going right now around pick 138, 16th shortstop off the board. I mean, shortstop is so deep. I mean, there's about like 20 guys that I would be okay with having as my starting shortstop. So, I mean, if you can't get one of those guys early on, then – I'd rather use some of those early picks on starting pitching, uh, strengthen that up, and take one of these guys um, in the mid-rounds of the draft. I I really don't think you can go wrong with with these steel guys that can provide you 20 home run pop as well with some good average. And George, you want to finish us off, right? You have one more guy, I think. You know, I've, I've really actually only done one official guy. Um, well, <laughs> but you, you start, you know what? If you can run through them, we're, we're running a little I mean, long. Yeah, I can, I can run through I mean, We still have Twitter questions. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Talk until your little heart's, uh, heart's content, and I will get the questions ready. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, so, uh, my next guy uh, kind of staying along uh, third shortstop here in a row, but uh, Corey Seager. Corey Seager going down here at 149. Let's see. Where... Yeah, 149, Corey Seager. So, he came back from, from injury and, you know, be- before he got hurt, he was, you know, 290, 300 hitter, 20 to 25 home runs, came back from the injury and started off pretty slow. Uh, and if, if you take a look at it, I mean, before, before the injury, his uh, exit velocity on line drives and fly balls, it was right at 94.9 through 2016 and 2018. Came back in the first half of 19, it was down to 92.8. So not quite back second half up to 93.6 and then if you look at september all the way back up to 94.5 miles per hour uh line drive and fly ball um, exit velocity uh he hit seven home runs that month that month so 
by the end of the year here, we were, we were looking at, you know, vintage Corey Seager. And I think down here at, at 149, he's, I'm buying him. I'm buying him there. I think he's going to bounce back. Haven't really seen him play with the, with the bouncy ball, with the juice ball. Um, so, I mean, I think that September it is just a little bit, a little taste of, of what we can get this season. I think that, you know, in, in that lineup that's now added Mookie Betts, if he's hitting behind, you know, Betts, Muncy, Bellinger, uh, Turner, I mean, he can drive in a ton of runs. I, I think he's going to go back to, you know, hitting 290 to 300 and maybe hit 25 home runs. And yeah, I, I think that um, Seager is an absolute buy here at this, this ADP. I think he's going to bounce back big time. Okay, so give us one more since I only gave you one official one. All right, <laughs> all, right all right. So, uh, yeah, just my last one, I think Carlos Carrasco. I think Carlos Carrasco, just to put a, uh, a give a picture here, uh, is going at pick – where is he going? Pick 105. So, outside the top 100, pick 105. Carrasco, I mean, he was a guy who, you know, last year was an ace, you know, top 15 guy. And uh, – he had the, you know, the whole cancer stuff, uh, unfortunately, that um, cut his season really short. But he came back. He came back and he looked just fine. His, his actu- his, actually, his, his velocity, I know he was in relief, um, but it's still good to see that his velocity was actually higher when he came back uh, than uh, before he left. So right in line with his career, he, he looked fine. I know uh, he did have a 6.6 ERA in those 15 relief innings, but it was with the 361 uh, XFIP. And then, um, yeah, I mean everything. The the swing and miss uh, rates were were up in that those those fifteen innings. Um, so I think he came back looked pretty good, uh, despite the ERA. But I think he could he could be an excellent value here as as a can even be maybe like a SP two value here going outside of one top one hundred. All right. So recap the five guys you spoke about and the three that were your official ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. My values are here were uh, Josh Donaldson, uh, Josh Bell, uh, Corey Seager, and Carlos Carrasco. All right, Zach, recap your guys real quick, please. Zach Gallen, Framil Reyes, and Ahmed Rosario. And mine were Tommy Pham, Tim Anderson, and Lance Lynn. Perfect. We just gave you a whole bunch of names. I think it was a lot of fun. We had more names, but the podcast were ran a lot longer. With that said, we still have questions to answer. So hopefully those who ask questions are listening in. Those who aren't should find these helpful anyway. We're going to run through them relatively quickly, hopefully. I'm not really good at uh, going quickly, so we're going to do, <laughs> do my best here. So first question from at Googs33. In a dynasty draft, which order would you have Vaughn, Rushman, and Dominguez going? So basically rank uh, Andrew Vaughn, Adley Rushman, and Jason Dominguez. Zach, you, you like Dynasty. You've been the Dynasty guy of late. How would you rank those three? Give me the names one more time. It's Vaughn, Rushman, and who's the other one? Jason Dominguez. In a Dynasty startup. Or right? first year player draft. Yeah, I guess. First. I mean, it wouldn't make it wouldn't really make a difference which way you would rank them. I think I already have my answer, so I'll let you. I would probably go Vaughn first, Adley second, Dominguez third. 
Really? Dominguez third, huh? I'm a big Dominguez first guy, Vaughn second, Rush uh, Adley third, because I just don't like catcher prospects usually. But I can take Va- – I would be okay with Vaughn first. I think it's more of a 1A, 1B. Vaughn is for your win-now teams. I think Vaughn plays by the end of this year, at least next and next year at the latest, whereas Jason – or <laughs> look at me like I know him first name basis here. Dominguez is likely a long Yeah, when's Jason coming up, huh? Was, yeah. He was uh, – he, he just turned 17, so we're looking yeah, at a guy – it's going to be a while. We're looking at a guy who's like 2024 ETA, so – and that's assuming that we have baseball then because of the whole CBA. But uh, – that's exaggerating uh with that being said though i like i said vaughn i can get behind vaughn being number one but i like dominguez i think dominguez has that that type of elite potential we're talking about a guy who could be the next acuna or the next buxton obviously it could be an issue but realistically just such a long eta that it really honestly i can understand if you want vaughn first but i think it's adley third clearly for me personally that's why I put him third was just because I think it's going to take him quite some time to get there. And without, without seeing him play any pro ball right now, it's difficult to get him. Uh, He's still very highly ranked, but I think Adley is once again, I'm on a first name basis too here. Adley is on a uh, much quicker path to the big leagues and Vaughn as well. So that's kind of why I put those two in front of him, but all three are great. It was just fun to disagree. Finally, it's been, it's been a little too long. We haven't disagreed enough tonight. No, I was going to say, um, I got Andrew first. Andrew, oh, there you go. There you <laughs> go. I got Andrew Vaughn, then Dominguez, and then Rushman. So and all three of us were different then, right? Have you seen yes. Dominguez? The guy is built like a defensive end already. He's 17. Yeah, it's, it's, a big it's, boy. It's, it's all the natural water he's drinking from his yeah. home country. Natural. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they'll, they'll next up, there. next question. At Big League Wood, what is going on with Yasuo Puig? If you, if you knew, if you could tell us, that would be great. Please. He's becoming a great value, but there's a chance he doesn't sign. There's a draft pick conversation attached to him, isn't there? There's got to be. There's no reason why he shouldn't be signed right now. Did he get a qualifying offer? I don't I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm guessing someone's someone's looking that up. All right, cool. Let me know if you find anything about Yasuo Puig, because <laughs> I know nothing of the situation. I thought he was going to sign by now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much of that uh, you know goes into My, not sure how teams. He did decline an offer. Okay. He did. Okay. So there's a draft pick conversation that's attached to him. We could be looking at a Keiko type of situation. There yeah. were rumors that the Marlins might be interested in him, but yeah, I don't see them Makes losing, no sense. losing a draft pick for this. It's not worth it. Not for a one-year deal to try to trade them for what they'll and they'll get back less than the first rounder they're giving up. Anyway, so yeah, we don't know. We're There's hopeful. not much going on with him. Yeah, we're hopeful. <laughs> um, at I am left O two. I hope I'm right. I'm in a twelve-team ten by six head-to-head categories league. Holy categories. <laughs> So it's, but it's 10 offensive categories, six um, pitcher categories. He said, am I wrong to take hitters uh, rounds one through six? No. When you have that much more categories to one side, you definitely want to build your team around that. You want to go for the 10 categories and the six categories you make up later. Like, And on top of that, when you look at the – because the, the, the categories are crazy. There's even fielding percentage. Um, when you look what? at the yeah, when you look at the pitcher, <laughs> when you look at the pitcher categories though, there's saves and holds separate. So 
even if you took a starting pitcher, they can only give you four categories anyway. Yeah. So you're looking. So at the very most, a player you take on the pitching side can only give you four category production. Whereas you can take a hitter, they can give you all ten category production. So I want to take hitters. I might even push for the first eight rounds, depending on how the draft falls. Yeah. Because I'd rather piece together a pitching staff with those middle round guys with those mid to later round guys and hope for the best while really making those top those 10 categories as strong as I can, because there's just, it's literally almost like two thirds of your roster, two thirds of your uh, production is coming from the offensive side. What are the pitching categories? Quality starts, saves, holds, K E R A and O B P A on base percentage against. So no wins, just quality starts really, which makes it, which makes it a little easier to come by for, no, yeah, I mean, if I, I agree with you, I would completely load up on hitters early on. But I mean, this allows you to kind of like you really don't even have to go starting pitcher heavy. Um, I mean, I wouldn't su- I wouldn't suggest punting a category. I don't I don't like to do that. But in this case, I mean, you could even stock up on relievers and go for saves, holds and ratio categories. as say, well. Yeah, yeah, you might lose the actual K totals, but you're getting on base percentage against probably less. You're getting, you're going to likely get holds and saves, obviously, and ERA. So you're still getting, either way, you can still get a strong four categories. Yeah, grab a few boardings. starting pitchers in there, some late value guys. But yeah, I would definitely stock up on on hitting early. Yeah, there's no need. I think George, you agree? No need to really. Harp yeah, on that one. yeah, I agree. And let's see, you got you got a whole bunch. All right, any interesting platoons that you are finding worth taking? I wish I looked that one up a little more. That was that Davithius. The one guy that comes to mind instantly for me is Brandon Lau. I talk about him all the time. I love him. Um, he should be on the strong side of a platoon at the very least. And he's a guy that I'm targeting in all drafts. There's a solid little power-speed combination there. I did a deep dive on him. There's a lot of promising potential there. And we're looking at a guy who could legitimately give you 25 and 10 with like a 250 average. And that's at second base where one of the toughest positions to fill. So – Daily league, he gains more value, but he's a guy I'm really targeting heavily. Um, anybody else have a platoon situation that they're targeting? Yeah, so I was kind of uh, – I wasn't really sure I was clear uh, about this question. I was kind of – I wasn't sure if this was like if you take both the guys in a, in a platoon. Like I was thinking just like is there a platoon that you're targeting? Like I, I see what you mean, though. Like, I wouldn't take – I would never take the weak side. I would never waste like, a roster spot on the weak side of a platoon. Right, like you have to have like deep enough rosters um, to do that, but but like maybe, like the Washington situation, if you want to take like uh, Howie Kendrick and and um, Eric Thames, um, you know they could both see time at first base. Uh, I'm Thames not sure was how actually much... the Thames was actually the other name that came to mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, like if if you're talking just strictly power. guys in, in a platoon, I mean, um, Jock Peterson. Uh, that's a Justin Justin Smoke in Milwaukee. He should probably get most of the first base time. I think that between Smoke and, and uh, Braun is going to be playing a little bit of outfield, a little bit of first base. Um, and then obviously El Garcia is going to be switching between center field and right field a bit. So that whole – that's going to be kind of a rotation there. They're going to give Kane a little bit of rest, um, play Avi in, in center field, and then play him in right field. That's going to be the, a, a whole thing to, to, to keep it – keep an eye on but yeah i mean as far as other kind of platoon guys um you named a whole bunch of them i got one more i'm just trying to think of his name it's uh eluding me for some reason um a guy that i'm 
finding myself really liking, but having, you know, in, in shallower formats is tougher. And platoon situations are more so in uh, deeper leagues. Travis Shaw is the name I was looking for. Travis Shaw, they have him slotted in roster resource. They have him slotted fifth in that lineup. That lineup mm-hmm. is really pretty solid. I mean, right ahead of him, you have Vlad, Guriel Jr., Biggio, and Bichette. So if he slots him fifth right there and Gr- Grichik behind him, I like him for a solid little power and RBI opportunity. And we all know that last year was kind of the outlier. He could very well bounce back and be one of the biggest ads come week one of the, of the fantasy season. So definitely a guy worth rostering or putting on your watch list in shallow formats. He, mm-hmm. might make, he might make our week one waiver wire podcast that we put out before the season starts. <laughs> like, he's a guy that's like him and Harrison Bader, which is a whole other shit. Maybe Bader's in a platoon. I don't know yet. But Bader's another guy like power speed combo late. So, yeah, there's a lot of them. Zach, you didn't really talk on that one. Do you have any? We kind of threw out like 15. Yeah, no, you guys threw out some good ones. One that I'm monitoring um, is the Mets situation with J.D. Davis. Um, Right now he's slotted in at left field, but Cespedes is supposed to come back. He is apparently healthy. He is moving without any limp. Um, He is going to be an interesting player if he does come back and if he is healthy. They're paying him a ton of money. He has to play. He can only play one position. Um, I mean, J.D. Davis, he can play third base, but right now McNeil is kind of slotted over there, and Cano's not going anywhere at second base. So there's kind of a logjam once Cespedes is deemed healthy enough to play, and I, I think J.D. Davis could be the one that uh, sees some reduced playing time. So I'm curious to see how this situation plays out uh, because obviously McNeil and Alonzo are not, losing any playing time. Um, so it should be interesting to see how they kind of split up the timing between Davis and um, and Cespedes because they don't have a true center fielder other than Nimmo. So Cespedes will not go back to center anymore. That, Look, the Mets. You're talking about the Mets. I know. <laughs> God forbid. I know. I know. But, no, it should be interesting to see because I know J.D. Davis has been a, a very – um, hot name this preseason, but I could see him kind of losing some playing time once Cespedes is back. So that left field situation um, in New York is an interesting platoon situation to watch, I think. All right. So the next question is from Damoman76 at Damoman76. What's your opinion on Michael Gibbons bouncing back? And then he wants to know who has the better skill set in Miami, Kinsler or Stanek. George, I'm going to let you answer this one. You're the relief pitcher guy. Um, no on Givens and Stanek. <laughs> no, no on both, or you prefer Stanek? Um, no, I, I prefer Stanek. Um, I think Stanek has the better skill set as well. Yeah, just, as I far just... as skill set, yeah. Um, I, I do think Kinsler has a you know, – probably gonna start off with that closer role um to try to build trade value yeah yeah but stanic stupid, um stupid marlins yeah <laughs> yeah i i mean i'd, I'd rather have stanic and um givens no i'm not uh, that's just the whole situation i'm completely avoiding <laughs> you don't want anything to do with the uh awesome Orioles bullpen absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. Givens was so good two years ago, man. What happened? And even his, his strikeouts actually went up last year. So I really don't understand. He had a he had a 12.29K per nine. It was absurd. 
he walks too many people and gives up too many home runs. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, he's another one that could probably uh, will probably be traded by the well, deadline. His, his xFIP was three point six two, like almost a full run below ZRA. So and his Sierra was two point three four. I like Givens. I actually grabbed him a few leagues uh, late as a third closer, so I'm a little biased. But I think Givens. If I had to choose between these three, though, I would take Givens over all three of these guys. If we're ranking them, by the way, like I thought I would just throw it out there. Yeah, probably rather – I might rather have him over Wade Davis. Oh, I would rather have everybody over Wade Davis, yeah. including Oberg, <laughs> who's not even the closer. But I'd rather have Givens over – and I'd rather – I like Stanek better, but I think Kinsler gets the job. So there's that's that whole do you draft the skills or do you draft the uh, – do you draft based on what for the perceived closer? It's like I th- yeah. I I know Stanek's better, or at least I think he's better. I perceive him as being the guy who should be the closer. I perceive Kinsler though as the current closer. That's the issue. Okay, mm-hmm. at Baseball Pods, I like this guy. Nice guy. He emailed me to join a league in his local area, which I don't live near. But nice guy. Um, good idea for the for the Twitter too. Uh, now I'm just kissing butt. Um, speed is <laughs> speed is premium. Seems like we're all being told there are the there are the top players who cost a fortune or the Malik Dyson types. Okay. Uh, who are your favorite five players outside the top 150, the complete opposite part of the show, that could steal 20-plus bags without imitating Billy Hamilton? That's going to take <laughs> some uh, homework. <laughs> I didn't look – top outside the top 150. One name that comes to mind instantly for 20-plus bags is Colton Wong. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's people forget about him. I yeah I did he's going at two two nineteen, and we're looking at a guy who just shouldn't have any issues with playing time, should be given every day at bats, and with that we've seen he can still get him on bases. I mean last year he stole twenty four, and that was in five hundred forty nine at bats or play appearances. So mm-hmm. I don't see anything. I don't see any reason why his playing time is going to be stunted. Mm-hmm. I think he's um, a good name to look at for steals, twenty plus steals going outside the top one fifty. Um, I got a few names I can contribute here. Um, Scott Kingry on the Phillies. Yep. Um, probably going to be their baseman over there. Uh, they've gotten rid of a few pieces. I think they're ready to kind of pass the reins over to Kingry. He's definitely uh, got some stolen base potential. So I like him. Uh, Garrett Hampson was a guy that won people a lot of leagues last year. He's going post 150. Uh, if he gets the playing time, I love Hampson this year. Um, another guy that's kind of starting to get hyped up a little bit um, is Franchi Cordero. Love him with the power speed combo. And I'm actually uh, I'm on Twitter tonight. Um, I'm trying I'm trying to multitask like Mike mm-hmm. does. And there's rumblings of a uh, a trade, a Will Myers trade, um, with a possible three team deal that I'm seeing between the Padres, Red Sox, and Reds where um, Will Myers would be sent to Boston. And if that's the case, I think that opens up a ton of playing time for Franchi Cordero if he could stay healthy. Um, so I would, I'm would, i all in on Franchi um, this preseason here. But interesting trade. I'm just going to lay this out for you guys. Will Myers to Boston with a lot of money. Padres would eat a lot of the money. Um, the Reds would get Jackie Bradley. and Luis the Reds, Camp- Wait, 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 wait. The Reds would get another outfielder? The Reds would get another outfielder, <laughs> but but they would get Jackie Bradley and Camposano, the catching prospect, 
and the Padres would get Nick Senzel. Oh, so the Padres get another outfielder. Yes, so they're trading outfielder for outfielder, basically. Why? Why? Why would Sen- why Senzel? Wow, I really like Senzel. I'm so. It's confused. just the trade talks have reopened. I mean, it's nothing official, yeah, but, but if something Senzel- like that were to happen, if the Padres basically deal Will Myers, which is been talked about all offseason, Franchi Cordero stock goes up. But what were you saying about Senzel? Why, why Senzel? Why, I don't understand why they get Senzel in this deal. Like, why? Why is Jackie Bradley and Senzel like? Why is Senzel even being? Put into the deal. I'm so confused. Well, they got a log jam in Cincy too. But yeah, anyway, know, but it's that's just, it's we're getting weird. off topic. Yes, we are. You also <laughs> forgot to mention Sam Hilliard. If you talk, I'd rather have Sam Hilliard over Hampson. Hilliard's is going it, at 270. And I think he great. has. I don't care what you say. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Hilliard's uh, going. He's just cheaper and could easily win that job. And 20 <laughs> stolen base upside easy. Um, Dansby Swanson, another one. I think could push 20 but i doubt you get 20 plus so that's probably not going to fit the mold yeah um, yeah did you more, sh- more, more, sh- more short stops kevin newman maurice Dubon. you didn't you mentioned will myers he's going almost at, he's going 282 in the last 30 days so yeah i had newman written down um baron buxton going right outside the top 150 you said um, Dubon. that's your boy George. that's my boy yeah that's my boy sorry i saw uh, your boy oh uh, it's all good uh lorenzo kane do we believe He's in Gary one. Polanco anymore? Is that like still a thing? No, that's not a thing. <laughs> he can't steal twenty anymore. Like uh, I was on that, I was on that hype train belief for a long time. Two or three good solid years of being disappointed. One other name I'll throw out there: Jorge Mateo on the A's. We were talking about him all of last year, waiting for him to get called up. He never did. Uh-huh. Appar- apparently, they he's. Him. They do hate him. Apparently, he's out of options, which I don't know how that's possible because he has not been called up before. I don't think. I don't remember him being but, called up either. No, but apparently he is out of options. So he either has to make the team or he would be – they're not going to DFA him. So either he would make the team or he would be traded somewhere else. So I like those two options. If he makes the team, he's probably going to have to play a little bit at least. Um, and that's really – that's what he does. He steals bases. He, I think we went over this in a previous episode. He stole like 70 – bags or so in the season like 80, in the minor leagues. Yeah, eight, like maybe 80. 80. Something. Just nuts. crazy. But the problem is he has to get on base to do that. <laughs> but, but if he's as fast as he is, he'll find a way. Yeah. He'll be a better uh, Billy Hamilton. A change of scenery could be good for him. <clears throat> right. So one those last, are some names. One last dart throw is Kevin Kiermeyer. If he could stay healthy and out of his own way, there is easily 20, steal base, uh, 20 steals in those legs. So he's a dart throw going outside the top three. He's going outside the top 300. I think that's yeah. deep enough, and I'm not going to – no need to break him down. Um, uh, I think we're good there, right? We we have a whole more guy. We have so many questions still. Okay. We gave more than five. Uh, oh, he, he asked for our favorite five. We just gave a whole bunch of guys. Okay. Money. We gave a bunch. Next. <laughs> these are, these are, there are, these are our, our favorites, and among them there are names that aren't our favorites. <laughs> um, why, do the, why, why do the Wilpons hate me? Yes, we're not talking about the Mets. <laughs> Matt, that's a funny question. But that's no. And Mike, of course, seconded it. And I know you probably have a whole bunch to say about that. Mm. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dan Mueller. <laughs> oh, sorry. At Iron City 5812. I'm in a 12 team head to head points league. He needs to keep three of these six players Arenado, Mueller, Cole, Tatis Jr., Flaherty, and Altuve. Altuve is gone. Altuve is gone. Yeah. Can't, he can keep forever. 
the tough the tough decision for him is that pitchers go fast in this league. Points league, you said. Head to head points, yes, can keep forever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and the names are Arenado, Bueller, Cole, Tatis Jr. Uh, as if there's another Tatis, Flaherty and Altuve. Flaherty and Altuve go bye bye here. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty easily Arenado, Bueller, and Cole for me. You think it's easy? I'm having a hard time between Tatis and Arenado because the the keep forever aspect. You're looking yeah. at about seven years of uh, of age difference. I mean, in points. Uh, what if Arenado gets dealt next year? I'm completely with you here, Mike. That's where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm I'm with Bueller and Cole, and I think I'm going to go Tatis Jr. here. Same. I really I think Arenado is getting dealt at some point. He is extremely pissed off. He guy just signed long term, and, <laughs> and they're, they're like, talking about him. trading him. Like he, the dude's pissed. He's not going to stay there. So yes, that that does change his value a little bit, and I. We haven't even seen the best out of Tatis yet. And if it's a forever keeper, I, I think I would prefer Tatis over Arenado as well. I'm with you, Mike. Even in a points league, and yes, that was that's not easy, uh, George. Uh, I think it's easy for me because I'm I'm always just shooting to win now, and I think I, I, I'm, I, like I'm literally literally just looking at like for 2020, who do I want? I want those three. I understand that. I'm saying I'm saying it's not easy for me. I mean, it might be easy for you. But for me, <laughs> for me, it's not easy. For, and, but it's funny because at least the three of us, at the very least, agree on the two pitchers, Cole and Bueller. Oh so yeah, in the that's points it. league, absolutely. But if we're that, talking just 2020, like what George just said, then I would go Arenado. But if we're looking for the long term aspect of this league, if you think this league is going to last you like 10 years, then I go Tatis over Arenado. Yeah, that's exactly the mindset to have. I do agree, though. I, but it's at least it's good because I think we gave him two surefire names to keep in Cole and Bueller. Yeah, Altuve is definitely out. Don't yeah, Altuve is not in consideration. And Flaherty, I would have to say, although I can understand it because it's a points league, I'm still going to go with one of the hitters between Tatis and Arenado. That comes down to your preference there. But at the end of the day, at least, like I said, I'm just happy the three of us came up with two names that we agree on for sure. Out of so it makes his decision, assuming he listens to us, a lot easier. Yeah. So, at Fantasy Triage, there is an enormous amount of analytical and advanced statistical data out there. That's great for the seasoned player, but what advice do you guys have for someone intimidated by all, by it all and doesn't play because of the heaviness, he put in quotations, of that research burden? Hmm. Well, the good news is, is there are a lot of podcasts. If you are into, like, you know, just listening to podcasts, obviously I would hope that you are for listening to ours. But there's a lot of podcasts that cater to players that aren't into the analytics. And I like to think that we are pretty into the analytics. I like to think that we bring it to a common, uh, break it down to where like a, a, a common player, or like someone who's not really into the analytics can understand it. I know there's times where we go over their head. I'm not going to say that we don't. But I like to think we do a good job, but I can understand for a little too much. So even what I would honestly recommend is either A, find a podcast that works for you. Or B, take it upon yourself just a little bit every day. Literally, things I did to learn analytics were I found this really good pitch list article, which if you hit me up on Twitter, I'll find for you again and give it to you. Or you can go on fan graphs and just read a little bit in the glossary here and there. Find a few of the main terms you hear a lot of and look up what they mean. And from there, you kind of just little by little, every, each and every day, one, if you do one definition a day and just learn one new stat a day, it's only going to make you a better player and make you understand the analytics because that's where the game in general is going, not just the uh, fantasy side of things. So 
recommend just doing your best to try to learn it. But if you don't want to learn it, don't care to, or you you sigh because I'm talking too much because you can hear it in Zach's voice. That was uh, <laughs> that wasn't a sigh. That was really just breathing. But it's uh, not like you're just like shut up already. I take deep breaths, man. I'm well, yeah, because you need to. You're trying to. You're ready to talk, ready to talk, and you're like. Oh wait, I can breathe now. I'm, I'm just waiting talk. for you to finish so I can talk. Well, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, um, there's just there are so, there's so many resources, both for the advanced player and the beginner. Just a matter of finding them for you. And honestly, you hit us up on Twitter. We will guide you in that direction. I'm not gonna pump up another podcast on my podcast right now, but I am gonna. I will suggest other sources for certain info if needed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could tell you that. I'm so much further along now, like in what I know, what I understand, how certain stats, you know, relate to one another uh, now than I was like a year ago. And it just takes a little bit of time. Um, yeah. Like, like you said, we could absolutely point you in the right direction and even just hit us up. If you have a question about anything in particular, a particular um, metric or anything you would just want our input on where our, our DMs are, my DMs are open and you can so always hit up the pod. Yeah. Uh, I, I sometimes I regret it though because I don't mind I really don't mind answering the questions but there are times where it's like I'm getting two or three at a time and then if I answer it then I'm getting like for every question I answer I get two more thrown my way and it's like I just can't keep up with someone sometimes I'm just gonna be completely mm-hmm. honest like I get I get to them eventually but there's times where it's like people ask me and I, just, uh-huh. I look at them and I forget to brand I forget to answer and then next time they ask me there's like three or four questions I'm like oh my bad you probably already got these answers, hopefully, though. <laughs> so I'm usually pretty good about them, but, man, it can be a bit much sometimes. But, yeah, uh, just kind of going off what you guys were saying, uh, it's a great question. Um, I feel like I kind of fall into this question a little bit as well. Um, I mean, coming into this podcast, like, you guys are definitely more uh, the analytical guys than I am. Analytically and driven. Analytically driven, for sure. I mean, I've been playing fantasy baseball for – a very Back long time, <laughs> probably, uh, probably longer than you guys. It's been over Back 10 in my day. Yeah. I'm not that old, but <laughs> that's what you sound like. I've been playing uh, this since 1942 pen and paper and the newspaper and had to wait for the next day to come out. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And you, as you were, do you stop talking ever? <laughs> I don't breathe. Like you kidding me? <laughs> Oh man, it's good to be back. Stop. Just keep <laughs> keep breathing. It's um, it's twelve thirty. Let's go. But but anyway, it's a great question. Um, if you're looking to get into analytics, more like they were saying, uh, follow some accounts that are more analytically driven. Um, a lot of these guys are are open to discussing this stuff with you. You guys have been very helpful for me bouncing this stuff off you guys. Just because, yeah, this is newer to me. Um, you guys have been kind of doing the analytical thing a little bit more than I have, but um, it's a great resource that can really enhance your research, but you can definitely be successful in fantasy baseball without being super analytical. It only, it can only help, but it's, it's not the only thing that's going to help you win. I've, oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. I've actually found the opposite. Sometimes I get so far into the research that it's like, I almost talk myself in circles to a point where it's yeah. like, sometimes it's too much. Sometimes right. It's like, yeah, well, you have to draw the line. It's honestly, are we drawing the line? We don't know yet. This is our free. Every year we get a little deeper into the analytics. Eventually you got to draw back. And I think there is a fine line between too much and just, and not enough, but like, again, yeah. like you said there, there's definitely, there's definitely um, plenty of ways to get into fantasy baseball without the analytics. And I understand it's very intimidating. 
And yeah. that's kind of that's part of the question. It's like very intimidating. I know you want to talk. You can hold on. Uh, <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> it's a very good question. There's no right answer. But honestly, if you ever had spe- specifics or you wanted resources that honestly were even just not analytically driven, hit us up, slide in my DMs, and I will guide you the best direction I can. Or listen to us and hope that we can help you learn <laughs> in the process. I mean, that's never a bad thing. All right, George, I know you were biting at the, uh, biting at the whatever, the chewing at the bit. Oh, no, no, no. I was just agreeing with you there. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it can be overwhelming a little bit. And like you say, you could look at all these numbers and talk yourself into circles with some of these guys and you could start overthinking things. And um, eventually it almost turns into a math equation trying to figure a player out and you almost forget they're human. Um, and so they're, I, they're all pawns on a chessboard for me anyway. <laughs> Goals there is win. a human element to this game that cannot be forgotten. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm guilty. I've, I've been there wondering, and there's a reason why there's expected stats and actual stats. Cause baseball is baseball. Baseball is going to baseball. Mets are going to Mets. Like it is what it is. <laughs> Two things you can count on. Marlins going to Marlins. <laughs> Hey, listen, we have two championships. Suck oh, it. I shouldn't have went there. <laughs> Suck it. We have two also, granted, a very long time ago. But anyway, next question. <laughs> yeah, at least uh, ours was re- somewhat relevant of the last 30 years. Is Kyle, okay, at Jake69420069. <laughs> I felt that you read the whole thing. It sounds it's, like a burner account. <laughs> maybe. Reflandia State University. 14 <laughs> followers. Six, six, okay. Oh, man. Okay. Reflandia? Refla- State University. This oh. deserves a Google. Totally Googling it. wonder how much tuition is there. I don't know. It's kind of awesome. Oh, anyway. It is real. It's, oh, man. Is it? I think. I don't know. Oh. It's it's funny when when you see those uh, followers coming through that their, their name is literally just fantasy account and there's like no picture. <laughs> <laughs> i like those those are those are the best kinds because you know what they're there for That's the point. <laughs> yeah. i hear him googling it it does not look it does not look real <laughs> i don't think it's real but obviously it's not real oh it's, that's upsetting well we're flandia state university is kyle tucker playing time in question under dusty rather than hinge honestly <laughs> I thought it was in question before Dusty. I think it's even worse. I mean, every time you think of Dusty Baker, you think of how much he likes his veterans. I, I, I don't remember him ever being a guy who likes to play the young guy over the proven commodity. Um, you, I mean, we do have a Giants fan here who dealt with Dusty for years. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit before. I mean, I wasn't really. You weren't that. Gotcha. I do recall, uh, I do recall Dusty being a guy who uh, – really prefers like the old school ways the uh the young guys sit for the veterans if i remember correctly i'm not a giants fan i'm not really a big dusty guy either but i do recall that kind of being a thing so i think that's going to just continue to unfortunately and unfortunately i think that's how hinch was going to treat it anyway so i think it's going to take an injury because they hate kyle tucker in, in houston and yeah. We've been we've been waiting for the Kyle Tucker show, and I still don't think it happens this year. Which is crazy because I don't understand it at this point. Maybe next year when Reddick's gone, but not this year, unless injury. So, next question. 
<laughs> at Epsonis. Best accounts on Twitter to follow for baseball, for best baseball news in general, and regarding fantasy, like updates and info. There are so many yeah, really absolutely. good Twitter accounts. Um, anything come to mind for you guys? Hmm. At Mike underscore Curland, at Bases Loaded Pod, at <laughs> no, <laughs> too obvious, too obvious. Um, honestly, man, what Just, you gotta do? It depends on what you want. Like, if you want your team, you literally Google your team, and you can find like all the beat reporters. Follow the beat reporters for your team. You'll get all the information you want. If you want just like basic knowledge, like up to date knowledge, follow follow Roto World, follow, follow Roto Wire. Um, people that put exactly out, yeah, like people that put out like on the spot news. You have um, I know one personally that I like, especially for uh, like prospect and stuff if you're looking for like call-ups and everything mlb pipeline is a good one um if if somebody is getting called up they're usually one of the first to break it so if you are in a league where you can head to the waiver wire and just pick somebody up right away that's a good one to keep track of any big time prospects coming up oh there's just there's so many i mean if you got like unfortunately this felt like this wasn't too specific just baseball news you can follow mlb like they literally break news on the twitter on twitter too um i would just recommend some really good beat writers i just can't think uh, you got know your teams that you want to follow more yeah. so a lot of the um, big national beat writers like joel sherman uh john Heyman, those guys break stuff like right away jeff passan nightingale nightingale those are the big ones that will break uh like they were all on top of the mookie Betts trade before it even happened and people obviously calling them out for it because it wasn't official yet, but they, they first, man. yeah, they break that news right away. So those are, those beat are the, writers. Those are kind of the more big, yeah, the bigger names, the, uh, can't think of, there's a guy I can't think of either an obvious one, but if you start going down that rabbit hole, you'll find, cause it'll show who to follow or they'll recommend who you follow and there'll be more of those guys. So anyways, I think that's going to do it for that. Is there any other, I think there might be home. I got to go to the actual bases loaded account now. And look, I think there might be a few more questions. Go figure. Because, you know. I think that's all the questions on the tweet that was put out. ESPN. Nope. At at Daily underscore Phil. (laughs) His name is Whole Camels. Um, ESPN 6x6 head-to-head categories. Standard 5 plus walks. Worth reaching on Biggio in the top 100. I think so. I mean, he might hurt your batting average regardless, but he's already a fringe top 120 guy. So if you add walks into the into the mix and he's like a 15, 16% walk guy, I would take him in the top 100, no problem. Yeah, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, Sweet. yeah, I agree. Love Biggio going into the season. Is that going to do – I think that's the final question. I'll see anything else. That's it. It's cool. been fun. All right, yeah. guys. Good to be back. It was good to be back. Now I have a lot of editing to do. Anyway, um, we appreciate listening as always, guys. Please hit that five-star rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. It really helps us out. Um, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. That's me. George is at almost, dang it, almost Jay Montanez did it. George oh, is at man. Roto underscore Nino. Zach is at Braf Z. You can also follow our, our fourth co-host, Mike, who's still out sick. He's at SP Streamer. You can follow the Bases Loaded Podcast Twitter page and Instagram page at Bases Loaded Pod. Guys, we just really, truly appreciate all the ongoing support. You got the growth we've experienced has been tremendous, and we just really just can't thank you enough. So, and as always, guys, we will just talk to you soon.